There's a place here at the table Your coats go by the door You can kick your shoes off in that pile on the floor I hope you wore elastic Cause your waistband's gonna get tight Take time's done, we're having a night Hey guys, it's Ari and Sophie And you're listening to Having a Night Special bonus episode. Yes, special bonus episode. We have done a podcast swap, which we've only done one of these before. So this is this is a really big milestone for us, guys. We are talking to the fabulous Yola Robert, who has her own podcast called I Suck at Life, which is a podcast that's all about female entrepreneurship and Basically, the idea that moments of failure don't have to be a bad thing, that moments of failure can actually also lead to moments of greatness. And I think about this a lot in my own life. In fact, I was like, maybe she's going to ask us about moments of failure. And in my head, I was like, I want to talk about the fact that sometimes as an actor, you don't have that much going on. And out of that came having a night. So how great is that? Oh, wow. You really just tied that up nicely. Yes. She's a really awesome gal. We were so excited to be introduced to her. She's Egyptian, but she lives in LA. She's from Wichita, which I thought she grew up there, which is amazing. But she just has all this great knowledge. She's so smart. She's a contributor to Forbes, to Elite Daily. She writes for the Zoe Report. She's just like the kind of girl who you could party with and then like she'll blow your mind the next day at work because she's the smartest person in the room, you know? When does she I think that's a very good and accurate description. I love that. So enjoy this bonus episode and listen to her podcast. You can follow her at I Suck at Life podcast. Yes. And you can also follow her at Yola Robert. That's right. So Uh, without further ado, unless Sophie, do you have an ado to do? I sure don't. I don't have an ado to do. Just enjoy this thing. We are here with Yola Roberts. We were just on her show, or we recorded her show, I Suck at Life. Amazing title of the show, by the way. Mm -hmm. It started as, really, it derived from my early 20s, Mm -hmm. where I felt like I could do nothing right, and I just sucked at everything. And then as I got older, I realized no one is amazing at everything, and everyone sucks at something, but it's the way you are able to take these sucky moments or failures or setbacks and really turn them into lessons or successes and the way you're able to really overcome these sucky moments yes, and make them work for you, you know, and just having that mindset and just learning from other people who, you know, on the outside might seem like super uber successful, but you know, they're just normal people too. And I have to say a lot of my sucky moments Came from having a really crazy night. Ooh. Hey, okay. So let's get into your crazy nights because you're living in Los Angeles. You're from Kansas, but it sounds like you've been living in LA for a while now. So let's talk about just like LA nights because we did discuss the fact that things close early there, but you can also have a wild fucking time. It's a great city to have a night out. We I am the night in. We've done both, but yeah. I mean, you're you're an, you're the expert here. I have to preface when you come from the Midwest or like a place that's not like LA, New York, a big city, you kind of have, when you move to like LA or New York, you kind of have like, Oh my God, I have to do everything. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a lot of shiny objects and you kind of, you know, it takes you a minute to like see like the truth from 
you know, what's real versus what's not. Mm -hmm. So when I first moved here or started coming out here, I was like chasing like all these like do you want to go to a club and sit at a table next to a rapper? And I'm like, what the fuck? Yes, I will definitely do that. And I will dress like a hooker Mm -hmm. and wear stripper heels. And I don't like regret it because I had to go through it to learn it. But like, I feel like a big, like between 20 and 23, a big part of like my focus was just partying, going out. Those are the kind of yeah. days and nights. Days, exactly. About. Those are the LA, one of these LA nights. Isn't that a song? One of these nights? Is, I thought Do they talk I about think, LA, I think LA I'm pretty sure. I've been playing on the guitar, you guys. Don't worry. I mean, you guys have also been to Chateau Marmont. Like, I'm sure you guys, you guys know how it goes. Yes. We well, do. I, and I do think LA, because the, the clubs uh, and the bars shut down early, you do end up at these kind of houses in the middle of nowhere because people have houses. Whereas here you're less likely to go to someone's teeny tiny hole of an apartment that they have when they're 22 years old, you know? So that's kind of a, it can get wacky when you're at someone's mansion in the Hills. You don't know whose house. Yeah. And you end up like at a sex party on accident and I'm like, okay, I am going to retract. And then yeah. Anyway, thank God for Uber and Lyft. Yes, That's truly. All. Thank God these days. Also, because then you can get out. You can get out when you want. That's stuck anywhere. Yeah. You don't have to be stuck anywhere. Exactly. Ugh. You are Egyptian. You're American, but you're yes. of Egyptian descent. I'm, yes. Yeah, so I, I have dual citizenship. But nice. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about food. Yeah. Egyptian food. Let's talk about your boyfriend I love it. going home and meeting your family for the first time and eating all of their cooking. Egyptian food. I mean, you've had Middle Eastern food or like Mediterranean food. Of course. Yeah. So it's all, I I would say very similar. Obviously there's certain like dishes that are like very, like, I don't know if you've ever had, and I've seen food trucks in LA that charge way too much for this, but it's called kushri. What is it? Okay. You probably have it. So it's, in, it's vegetarian. So for your My veggie boyfriend's family, yes. it's like an Egyptian staple. It's rice with pasta, like elbow pasta and lentils, I have mm. had this. like full lentils mm. with, um, and then they add like this kind of spicy red sauce and then fried onion uh-huh. and then chickpeas uh-huh. or, gar- or garbanzo beans. I mean, delicious. And like, I feel like hitting all those, hitting all the major food groups, right? Rice and beans. It's basically like the healthiest thing you could pop. Yeah. It's funny because in Egypt, you can buy it for like 50 cents. Uh-huh. Here, I saw a food truck selling it for $16 a bowl. And I was like, that is a lie and theftery. Yes. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. So many foods like that, comfort foods from certain cultures, then get kind of rewrapped in some food truck or some big chef does a thing. And it's like, this is comfort food because it is like accessible and cheap and like easy to cook. Exactly. It's, these cultures. it's something that like, yeah, I'm not saying in falafels the same way. Yeah. For the amount you'd pay for a falafel sandwich, you can make like 30 balls. Yeah. 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 A falafel. Like, it's just yeah. like crazy to me. Yeah. But growing up in Kansas, when I was eating all these foods, like especially just things like hummus and feta cheese, people didn't eat. Right. right. And until it wasn't until I got older that like people were like on the hummus and feta and go, you know, train. Right. But they probably were and like, oh, have you ever had this? And you were like, fuck. You. I'm like, bitch, I was birthed with it yeah. in my mouth. Yes, I've had it. So <laughs> cooking in my family was such a, a big part of our lives. Like, and especially in our culture, 
they show love by like food. Mm -hmm. So I grew up in the kitchen with my grandma and my mom since I was like six, seven. Wow. And I cooked everything though, American food and Egyptian food, but I'm really glad I learned how to make grape leaves and like baklava Mm -hmm. and like pie, like certain like really like great staples that are such a delicacy now, but it is, it does take so much work to make. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the grape leaves, the rolling. Oh my God. Yeah. It takes forever. <laughs> really? But they're so good. An art. If you, and so how much do you cook for yourself? Like, let's say it weren't quarantine. How much do you cook for yourself oh, versus go out? That's a great question. I, before quarantine, I was like basically eating at events because I had so many events to go to, like editor and influencer events. So I would just maybe make breakfast for myself. Mm-hmm. And then on the weekends, I would cook and stay home. Now, obviously, I cook all the time, but I love to cook. I will caveat, I am lactose sensitive and gluten intolerant. So I've had to find a lot of alternatives to cooking my favorites. Yeah. Okay. I have a question. Are your parents, when you tell them that you're lactose and gluten intolerant, are they like, that's just LA talking or are they understanding? Do they have similar sense? So no, it's so funny because yes, it's like a little bit of both mm-hmm. because they're like, maybe you're just like being overdramatic, but actually in 23 and me, I did the health and ancestry oh. and it's very, very, very common for people from the Mediterranean and middle Eastern areas to be both huh. because your ancestors Instead of having, they didn't have cow's milk. Right. right. They didn't have cows there. Right. And like, they had a very Mediterranean diet. Uh So yes, it's super common actually. And my parents have it issues too. My entire family does. They just deny it. Yeah. And are overweight. Right. Like, like, or like have health issues. Like my sister has it too, worse than me. And she used to gag all the time after eating. Ugh foods and, and like and you would like, get stomach aches and stuff. It's like a thing. Yeah. I didn't know. I have a, I have a good friend who's extremely yeah. allergic to many things, including fish, like every kind of seafood basically. And she, one of like the ways that her allergies present itself is like, she starts gagging. Like she's basically choking and gagging. It's Ugh. so intense. Cause I think for a lot of people, myself included, I'm like, Oh, right. Okay. If you have an allergy, maybe you break out in hives, maybe you don't feel so great, but it's terrifying. Yeah. Really scary. And thankfully, like now that I think about it, a lot of Egyptian food, you know, grape leaves, like I was just saying, it's rice and meat in a grape leaf. Yeah. And like, so, I mean, baklava is a pastry, but, um, but yeah, a lot of the foods and like the dishes and stews don't have, and the meats don't have gluten. Mm-hmm. And it's just funny to think about like your, and when you go look back at your ancestry, a lot of the allergies we, or intolerances we have now if you ever do like a DNA test and see kind of what regions your ancestors were from and, and figuring out like how they ate, it really like does stay in your DNA. It's interesting. Well, it reminds me of, I mean, I know the blood type diet that was like a few years ago that I feel like it was really big, but if you think about it, it sort of makes sense from the perspective of like, Oh, your blood type probably comes from your ancestry which probably of course affects your microbiome, everything that you things that feel good versus not feel good. Once again, the scientists, here I am (laughs) the scientists. Oh, but to answer your question. So my boyfriend is like just super white. I think his 23 of me was like German, Swedish, British. Um, (laughs) so he can drink milk. It's fine. (laughs) And 
he came home for with me to Thanksgiving and he like had every Egyptian meal ever. Like my grandma like made sure she made every dish ever. Oh. And he was so full and he literally ate the entire time and he loved everything. Oh it was God. so cute. And he now uses like more like cumin and like spices in his dishes now. And I feel like I'm adding so much flavor to him. So what you was are. he eating before and would it have been a deal breaker if he'd mm. come home and not like the food? I guess I would have made him like the food yeah, or I would have found ways to make him like it if he didn't like it. I don't know if it would be a deal breaker like at the start, but it would be more like a bigger picture. Like, okay, like, can he not fit in with my culture? Or like just kind of unwilling to, to be a little bit more open. Yeah, Yeah, it would be more, it would, it would be more less about the food and more like of a bigger picture, like what's going on, which is funny that food can lead to that. It's not that he was bored, but like, for instance, like we drove to his family for Christmas and they have like very traditional, like American food or like casseroles and dishes. So it's just, I mean, versus like, like a lot of our food, like it also, we are really into meat. So you have like, you don't just have chicken and beef, you have lamb, mm-hmm. you have sheep, you have cow tongue, you have livers and hearts. And yeah. like, I mean, you have like all these, you have goat, you have, you know, right. I know. I just like one night we did have goat, lamb and beef. It elevated his palate. And, you know, he, I have to say he lived in Africa for a year when he was 12. Mm. And so I think he be more open to different foods and cultures too. I mean, LA, I also feel like LA is one of the best food cities in the entire world, particularly if you're interested in having foods from other cultures. Yeah, absolutely. And you can find really good authentic food from other cultures. Yes, because the real estate is not as high as it is here. And it's just sprawling. Yeah, yeah. you might have to go to the valley or like certain areas, but yeah, like you want some, the best pho place is in the valley. It's like in Reseda that I've ever had. The best, I mean, um, it's all either Valley, Glendale, Pasadena. You got to get out, San Gabriel. Everything like Beverly Hills, West Hollywood is like a fusion. Although, like a chef, really, really good. Which is really good too. Great Persian food. That's Mm -hmm. Westwood. Westwood, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, we could go down the LA route. We love LA food. We love it. We actually started this thing before the podcast um, called the Roving Supper Club, where we would get a group of people like, we would send out a mass email and invite friends, friends of friends, and whoever wanted to come, we would say, we're going to this restaurant and this location. Usually it was something like super authentic and out of the way. And, oh, so and I think it would actually be more successful in LA oh, because be, right. uh, yeah, there's just so many more of those places and you get to go to a whole different neighborhood and everyone, yeah, it's, I actually don't think it's people that are more they're, willing to drive. I, yeah. I don't think it's that there are more of them in LA. I think it just feels like they're more accessible Maybe. because I think part of it is because of Jonathan Gold. Like yeah. he changed. I mean, he didn't change, but like he, he gave a voice. He, yes. And like he gave a voice and a, uh, uh, made these restaurants much more accessible actually just to white people. Right. Mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. obviously people from the cultures that the food is from knew about them. It's just the white people who were in LA were like, Oh, I didn't know that I could go find this. And we don't have that in New York yet. It's also harder to get around. People are more inclined in LA to just hop in their car and they're used to doing that. Yeah. And versus New York, you're like, okay, I want to stay within a five block radius. I don't want to have to go uptown, downtown or whatever across town. Yeah. Anyhow. So when I have a question, when you 
pre-COVID times, when you're having people over, are you, have you ever cooked a big Egyptian meal for like a dinner party? I don't think I have. You got to. Okay. When we're in LA. I know I have to, I really do, but it is a lot of work Mm -hmm. and it's going, you have to go to the Middle Eastern grocery store. You can't just go to like, you know, a regular grocery store and like, you don't know if people are going to like it. My roommate, so I, have my, I live with my sister and other girl. We do a lot of charcuterie. We do. Mm-hmm. I hate to say no, it. No, we love Don't it. Don't hate to we say that. It. I was just saying my own personal preference. I know, but we we do do a lot of charcuterie and like tapas. Mm. I love that. And that's what we found works best and easiest and easiest cleanup. Or I do this chicken chili verde love thing. Them. And then I do like, you do the toppings of the cilantro, the onion, mm. the corn chips sour cream, all that on the side. Mm. It's a great winter dish yes. too. For Super Bowls, everyone makes me make these Hawaiian sliders. <gasps> They're these ham and cheese. It's like ham with Swiss and then you take Hawaiian rolls and you butter, you do like butter, garlic, poppy seeds, or I mean you can do different seasonings and you like butter the rolls mm-hmm. and then the sliders, it's like um, Dijon mustard, mayo, ham swiss pickles and you just put it in the oven and it's like st- pulls apart uh, it's so good that's and you could also do it like with brisket so or bbq Ooh. i know oh god i love that really love hungry. that i know me too okay so in our previous in the podcast that we recorded with you you mentioned card games. Now, okay, how many people are playing these card games? I'm so <laughs> into the idea of like having a card night. I'm very into Mahjong, although I haven't gotten to play because my Mahjong card. Oh, wait, did you, wait, have you got, do you follow Diet Prada? No. No, no but that? I know who that you know is, the, who or what that is. Do you know the drama about no. these da- three white women in yes. Dallas that start? Oh, okay, okay you know the today. drama. Okay. I read it. Guys, for our listeners, if you haven't read the cut, it's basically three white women. We're like, we're we're making mahjong tiles. Yeah, no, we're we're doing we're giving mahjong an update, like a much needed update, which is like, whoa, 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 whoa! Mahjong doesn't need an update, and it really does need one from three white women. It is crazy who how are from America. Tone deaf. Okay, so I want to hear about the cards that you've been playing. How many people you have to have to play these games? Can you give us some like game names so that I can go forth and learn on my own? We started with Slapjack and then Poker and Texas Hold'em. King's Cup is this weird drinking game. Or it's like you can have, I think, I think you need four people. Mm-hmm. But there's all these different rules. And like you end up... The one you where you up, make new rules? Yeah, like if you get a certain, like if you get like diamonds, you have to um, take two shots or you have to like, if you get a certain number or color, you have to like do like, yeah, you make rules like the, yeah. And like the King's Cup, you just, and you have to pour stuff into a cup and like, I guess it's a loser or like, I don't know. It's really fun. Really um, fun. So are you guys having like card nights or is it just after dinner? Yeah, we're having card nights. So it's like me, my my sister and my roommate, and then my boyfriend and you know, my roommate was dating, like dating is dating someone. So it's just like our pod. Love it. In the beginning, like last March and April, that's all we did. Oh, we we turned 
we actually would play beer pong every night. Yeah. Oh my God. I want to be in your quarantine. It's so cup. fun. Yeah. We did that all of April and May and we would like get dressed up in like different outfits and play beer That's pong. That's so cute. And I got so good. at. I felt like I was in college again. Mm-hmm. And then we would play charades a lot. And then I think in June we stopped and we got our de- real depression. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't start up again. I know this is very dark. I'm like, we just stopped because we all got really No, depressed. we're nodding. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then um, things started to open up again. Right. In, in LA. And they were open for like three months. And then we started picking them up again in the board games once things started to close back down. Got it. So yeah. So Nerd, Slapjack, Texas Hold'em. Oh, Blackjack 2. Poker. I'm so Slapjack. Me too. And are you guys like doing takeout? You, you know, back in the... Or mm. Are you guys cooking it's together? Okay. Yeah, we'll do takeout. But sometimes we have to cook different right. things. So my diet sounds really boring. But breakfast, two... It's a very Mediterranean style. It's like almost like a shakshuka. Mm. Like two eggs, kind of over easy with sometimes quinoa and then I make a cucumber, tomato, feta, olive salad. Yes. And boring. This is incredible. I like to ro- roast kale or broccoli. Yes. When I'm working during the day, I'll have like a smoothie or I'll, I'll make kind of a, like a leftover bowl or salad. And then for dinner, we love, we rotate between grass-fed ground beef, grilled salmon, mm-hmm. or some type of like chicken depending on how we make it with some kind of leafy green or like grain, like gluten-free grain and like our gluten-free pastas. I know it's, it sounds boring. It's, it's healthy. It's not because I don't, I just, my body just, I just don't want to be constipated. I know. (laughs) But you're also just talking about making like yummy, nutritious, healthy meals. Like that's not boring. It doesn't sound boring healthy. It sounds like delicious, like delicious food that happens. I try to make, I try to make things healthy. Like I found a way to make mac. Have you ever tried nutritional yeast? Of course. She's obsessed. I love my nutritional yeast. Okay. So I, I make, I I take, I made the most delicious, like vegan and gluten-free cheesy pasta. Yeezy. I call it. So it's like, you get a gluten-free pasta. I use Banza. Mm-hmm. After you boil, you leave a little bit of the pasta water in there. This is key. And then you add vegan butter. And then you add a bunch of nutritional yeast, salt and pepper. And you can also add Kite Hill oh, yeah. to it, cream mm-hmm. cheese. And like one time we baked it and we added gluten-free crumbs. Oh, yeah. I mean, World's your oyster. you just got to make it taste good. I've been making this mac and cheese for some of my clients who don't um, do dairy that has, that you use pureed cauliflower, which is oh, really, really ooh. good. Mm-hmm. Mm. But it's not as good. It's like, it definitely- It's eating. not as creamy. Well, you can really, if you have like a Vitamix or a really good blender, just like mm. really- I don't, I need- Well, if you, if you have any kind of blender, just let it go. First, you have to kind of like uh, either steam it or, or chop it up and put it into like some- I don't know. Maybe you could use oat milk or something. Then you throw that all. Can you use coconut cream? Yeah. But I think the nutritional okay. yeast with the cauliflower might be delicious. Yeah. yeah. It, and it thickens it too. Yeah. 
I, I know, like it sometimes acts as a thing. I've gotten, oh I've had to find creative ways to, to get my, like, trust me, I love greasy, fatty foods. I just love it. And carbs. I just, I live for it. But I, and I think maybe now because we're at home more, you feel your stomach hurt more. Yeah. I don't know. Or like you're more in tune with your body. And so you're like, I don't want to feel this way. Yeah. So also yeah. like, you know, we, we, we're eating so many meals at home now that it's sort of like, I mean, we were talking about how to make a night exciting during quarantine, but at the same time, it's like every night is sort of the same. And so in a way it's like, I just want to make sure that I'm eating things that make me feel good so that I can just follow exactly. my life. And then we have an abundance of wine, which is good. What kind of wine? Um, we're reds. We're red mm-hmm. people. I love a good Syrah. Mm-hmm. Pinot has to be like a French Pinot. Mm-hmm. I'm very, I don't like California Pinots. Whites, even when I have fish, I, I still like mm-hmm. a, a red. Um, but I'm really into, if I'm going to do white, like a Pinot Gris. Chardonnays has to be like the right kind of buttery Chardonnay. It can't be too like yeah. acidic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm much, I'm much more of a red gal. Are you guys more red or white? It's funny. I feel like when I was in my twenties, I, I love, I mean, I still love red wine so much, but lately I've been drinking a lot of white. I just love both. I couldn't possibly choose. I like know. Picking How, a favorite, favorite kid. kid. I, I do love, I react. I get weird skin reactions to red. I don't know why I love it, but is it the tannin? Probably. I just get really, really hot and red and get kind of Mm. For the, sometimes it depends on what I eat with the wine. Maybe Same. I think it's just the wine, but it's nuts. But white wine, I know is going to be. I'm I'm good. So I also eat a lot of fish, and I like to pair white with fish. But when it's cold, yeah. I mean, when it's cold, I just want like a g- some, goblet, a, a goblet of red with like some kind of red meat or a stew. Mm-hmm. Nothing is more comforting. Mm-hmm. Have you guys made mold wine before? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, I went to, with my boyfriend, we went to the Christmas markets um, in Strasbourg. Oh, there's and so much. So, like the first Christmas, and like Par- and Paris and Germany, Luxembourg, all these places. And I got really obsessed with mulled wine. So as soon as I got back, I learned how to make mm-hmm. it. Now, do you use like honey? What do you use as the sweetener? Coconut sugar. Ooh, coconut sugar is a good idea. I think one of the people I was living with made it without any sweetener and it was still quite good. You know? Yeah, I think if you don't put two, and it also depends what kind of red yeah. you yeah. use, True. and kind of how the sugar turns out, and then it depends how much clove and like how more bitter. I think if you use a little bit less clove and more cinnamon and orange and yeah. that kind of thing, you can do without. I almost feel like just having a mulled wine boiling on your stove, even if you don't drink it, the smell is so incredible. The smell alone, like get like a cheap ass like yeah, bottle. Exactly. And just, you know, just for like aromatics. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. No. How, what's your favorite like comfort food for like winter? Oh my God. Oh, that's such a good question. Stews, rice-based things, but also like just a big bowl of pasta with tomato sauce any day. You? Yeah. I feel like I lean towards like my Italian, like a lot of bolognese, like different um, stuffed pastas, but or, like Ooh, I need to get into stuffed thing. pastas. Yeah. You'd be good at making it because you're good at rolling grape leaves. Like it's all those small little finger things. You know? What is your like go-to recipe for like, or like 
for stuffed. Pasta. We make, my family makes this uh, pasta called tortellacci. That's like a rustic tortellini. It's bigger. And so it's easier to fold, but it's the, sh- the same kind of fold. And it's filled usually with like a, um, a spinach ricotta pine nut mix. Mm. But I also love like whatever's in season, like a butternut squash yeah. or um, you could do some meat too. Sometimes when you go crazy, you can do the little spinach stuffed pastas in a meat sauce. Um, that's a lot, but it's really good. <laughs> my new favorite thing this winter is I've tried a pumpkin. It's like pumpkin butternut squash curry. Mm, I Yum. love a curry. Coconut? And because I love pumpkin and butternut squash and I love curry and that together, like I'm obsessed with it. So I, it's a this Thai place down the road. Oh. And I first tried it when I went to Denver um, in October and I was like, I have to find a place in LA because this was so fucking good. It just the flavors I, together just uh, are really aroused. <laughs> really aroused my palate. My palate in quotes. Yes. Oh, I love it. That's you awesome. know what has been getting really big because of quarantine? That is like a throwback retro dish, which is great. It's like the resurgence of the casserole. Like the make ahead can feed a group. One dish, you know, that's it. I, I was have a, we've had a lot of this incredible um it sounds gross, but it's like a chicken and spinach lasagna, which I I'm such a purist when it comes to lasagna. I'd be like, ew, no, no, no. It is so fucking good. You could probably you could definitely make like a gluten-free, dairy-free version, but mm. I just want that all the time. That sounds amazing. It doesn't sound gross yeah. at all. <laughs> Yay, Yola. What a fun time. She's so great. Because we spoke to her for two and a half hours. I know. Like, we had such a good time talking to her. This is like the LA week. We had Jen Harris on yesterday. We've got Yola Robert on today. It's like, this is my new friend group when I moved to LA. And we had Carly on last week. She's also in LA. I mean, what is the universe telling us? I guess that I am losing you to Los Angeles and your fabulous new group of friends. I'll be here in New York with the rats. Ho-hum. Loving my life. I don't want to leave people on that visual. Oh, it's not that bad. Rats are in all cities. Come on. Who cares? Oh my God. I was talking to a friend the other day, a rat. He was in Florida. Uh-huh. A rat fell off of the roof and onto his face. Excuse me. Excuse me. I just feel like it's different there. Cause they're like in the trees they are like more tropical. It's like seeing a big bug there. It's different than seeing one here. Oh, bugs. Okay. Now, Jeez. now we got to go, but you know what? Soon we're just going to be eating bugs because Okay. Anyway, on that note, guys, we love you. Thanks for listening. (laughs) See you next Thursday.